Act Three of The Wasters by Arthur Adams. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three. Scene. It is evening, and the reception hall at Aladala is decorated for the ball. The French windows are open, and outside is the intense blue of Australian moonlight the music of a waltz evidently played in the marquee on the lawn is heard baby Danga and john Danga are seen standing awaiting the arrival of their guests baby has just shaken the hands of two ladies and as they go off through the french windows she faces round to receive the next arrival behind her are standing two ladies stylishly gowned members of her house party chatting to each other the butler waits at attention at the entrance for a moment there is no one to announce it's very late the cliburns can't be coming they will mrs cliburn assured me this afternoon that she would be delighted to come and bring her husband but they're not here and it's long after nine miss hebblethwaite mr j charteris maggs elizabeth hebblethwaite and maggs arrive good evening mrs hebblethwaite so pleased to see you and you mr max your pleasure madam uh, i mean it is a great pleasure madam the dancing is in the marquee on the lawn through there elizabeth and max pass out here they are at last no it's only lindsay lindsay thong arrives you're very late you bad boy sorry baby the usual trouble stouts you ought to marry thong a wife's invaluable for putting in studs <laughs> i think lindsay has a higher ideal of women than that i've no ideals about women i'm only too grateful to providence for letting us have them at all two ladies behind baby ah good evening i hope you have kept a dance for me miss euphemia titania quark tossy quark enters good evening miss quark hello miss quark been waiting for you for hours oh mr thong how could you say such a thing i could say worse things than that i wonder if you're engaged for this waltz come on or we'll miss it oh mr thong he escorts her out they're not coming they won't come they must come you should have seen mrs clubbin's face light up when i invited her but they're very late oh john if if they don't come and guy um, no they'll be here she's not the sort to have an evening dress ready she's fixing up something as like the description of my last ball dress as she can manage i know clibborn they won't come they will i know mrs clibborn mr anthony clibborn there i told you but his wife she's not with him anthony clibborn enters Poof. <laughs> it doesn't matter about her the main thing is we've hooked him good evening mr clibborn so delighted good evening sorry i'm late and mrs clibborn i must make her apologies mrs dangar she has a bad headache oh and i had counted on her to make up my party i'm so sorry please tell her i hope she'll be better tomorrow i want to take her cooling with me <laughs> i'm afraid mrs dangar it is the sort of headache that lasts three days then I'll call tomorrow and see how she is. I'm afraid she'll be in bed. 
She won't be able to see you. Oh, but I'm keeping you from the dance. Let me introduce you to my friends. Mrs. Weston, Mrs. Qualder, let me introduce you John's right hand in business, and one of our oldest friends, Mr. Clibborn. I want you to do me a favour, Mr. Clibborn. I'm keeping my friends from their partners. Why don't you please take them to the Marquis? Certainly, Mrs. Dangar. Clibborn takes the ladies out. Him, and not her. I can't understand it. She's got no headache, of course. There isn't any room in her head for an ache. It's a heartache, because she hasn't got a new dress. But why did he come? Oh, John, if I failed... Where's Guy? He's gone out. The poor boy simply couldn't dance tonight. But Mr. Clibborn here, and not his wife. He must have looked her up. But why did he come, and with that look on his face? I'm horribly afraid. Baby, it'll be all right. He wouldn't have come unless he was going to give way. Well, I'll find out tonight. But come, we mustn't let anyone see we're worried. Come to the Marquis. They go out. Thong and Tossy enter from the side door. Tossy leading the way as if escaping from him. In here, please, Mr. Thong. But why not in there? It's too lonely in there. Well, there's nobody here either. But lots of people will be passing through, and there's more light here. But we don't want a crowd in illuminations. I do. But why? Because you're Mr. Thong. Oh, that's it. He sits beside her. I'm not to be trusted. I trust you. I'm sitting out with you. But I've heard all about you. You're a bad man, a wicked man. Fancy you guessing that? <laughs> of course I'm bad. No unmarried man is a saint after forty. When that recording angel up there totals up the items in my life, I'm afraid he won't find much except clean blank pages on the credit side. And the debit side, he'll have to use a credit index cabinet and a staff of stenographers. Mr. Thong, why don't you try to put a few good actions to balance the... the others? To balance that affair of Millie Sullivan's, for instance. So you know about that? Well, I just can't help it. Made that way, I suppose, Tossy. Oh, you can't be all bad, Mr. Thong. Too late to start growing wings now. Look at the long list of previous convictions. The recording angel doesn't add up like that. One little good action would wipe off ten pages of bad ones. But he'd have to write off a whole library. I simply can't believe you all bad. With those eyes. It's these confounded eyes that get me into all the trouble. Women look in them, just as you're looking into them, Tossy. And that reminds me, you can't be getting much of a living wage at the shop. Not much left over to spend on dresses and your hats, eh? This frock. Oh, you do think it's smart, don't you? Very pretty. Not as pretty as the wearer. I made it myself. Copied one of our latest models. But it's cheap, eh? Oh, don't say it looks cheap. Only to me, dear. Remember, I'm a connoisseur in women's dresses. I know what they cost. Had to pay for too many of them. But not many men could tell that that lace is imitation. Cheap imitation, too. Yes, but every woman knows. They're dreadful, women's eyes, when they price your gown. I think hell must be a place where every other woman is better dressed, and looks you up and down. And Charteris knows, too. Who the deuce is Charteris? 
Mr. Mads, the head shopwalker. This way, madam. And he loves you? N-n-no. He's dancing this very dance with that scraggy cat of a secretary. I'm so glad he saw me dancing with you. That's why I brought you in through the drawing room. I made him see me. But Eliza Hebblethwaite was wearing a real aigrette. Abandoned Eliza. But you know you can have one, too. You can have a dozen. Oh, no. I couldn't take anything from you. You will. And a real dress. And all those expensive underthings I let myself in for this morning. You didn't guess that I was buying that little lot for you, did you, dear? Oh, Mr. Thong! I didn't know it either. Till I saw how nice you looked tonight. No, I couldn't take them. From you. Nonsense, Tossie. You must be well-dressed when I take you out to supper in town. Please, Mr. Thong, don't say things like that. I'm a good girl. I look after you and give you a real good time. Better than wearing out your prettiness behind a woman's counter. I'll set you up in a nice little house of your own. I'll... Tossie facing him, simply. Mr. Thong, are you asking me to marry you? Marry? <laughs> well, not at present. Afterwards, if I liked you very much. Anyhow, we'll see. Then you are bad. Turning to go. Mr. Thong, I won't listen to you. Oh, yes, dear, you will. He catches her and kisses her. How dare you! Leave me go! Leave me go! Steady. Don't be a little fool. Every girl goes on like this at first. Leave me go or I'll scream. No, you won't. You don't want anybody to come here and find you in my arms. Tossy, listen to reason. <laughs> I love you. I want you. You like me. You can't deny that you like me. I'll be good to you. I swear I will. I'm not a marrying man, but you won't come to any harm through me. You do like me, don't you, little girl? Tossie, weakening. Leave me go, you brute. Tossie, I'm sorry I frightened you. Releasing her, but warily watching her. Let's be friends. Kiss and be friends. Oh, how dare you! Kiss me. No, the girls were right about you. You're bad. I hate you. Yes, I'm bad. I'm rotten. Because I want you. She makes a movement to escape. And you don't get away. He attempts to kiss her. She escapes. You cad! You're too delicious to let slip. He attempts to seize her. She evades him. But he corners her. Listen, Mr. Thong, you've made a mistake about me. I'm not that sort of girl. I'm straight. If I wasn't, you're not the first man who has tried it on. No man's an angel when there are pretty women about. Oh, but you're not bad. Not really bad. You're a good man. Only women have given in so easily to you that you've never had a chance to respect us. But I know that right down in your heart, you're good. I know you'll respect a girl who tries to go straight. You didn't know what you were doing just now. I know you're a gent, a real gent. I know you'll let me go. Let you go? Not much. Why? Because I feel now that I can't go. Not even if you stood over at that door. Because, oh, Mr. Thong, I feel I don't want to go. Don't want to go? 
then it's all right. Mr. Thong, I'm good. I'm straight. And now, now I can't help myself. So you must help me. And I know you will. Now that I'm in your power, now that I almost love you. You wouldn't hurt a little bird that lay in your hand with a broken wing. You couldn't hurt me. And my wings are broken. So you'll be a man and let me go. You'll let me flutter away, won't you? Because I can't flutter far. So you're straight, eh? Clean all through? I'm sorry. You've made me feel a fool. Will you forgive me, Tossy? Oh, no, I can't ask that. But I do forgive you. It's nice of you to try and let me down easily, little bird. But I can't believe that. Women have to do a lot of forgiving, Mr. Thong. It's their business, you know. And I do forgive you because... Oh, I can't help it. Because I do like you. Though I know it's wrong. But you let me go when both my wings were broken, and when I didn't even want to fly. And you knew it, and let me go. That's why I forgive you. Tossie, you've beaten me. You've made me feel a blithering fool. And there's no worse hell for a man than that. I'm a bad egg. I'm sorry. I won't see you again. You're safe. Turns to go. Goodbye. I don't hate you at all. She extends her hand. You shake hands? With a man I respect. Come now, Tossie. You don't mean that. I do. But you must promise me one thing. Promise me you'll let women off when they can't escape themselves. We're not much when we're up against temptation, at least the kind of women that you know, but there's very few of us, really, that want to go wrong. You've got all the odds on your side, but a real gent don't use them. And you're wrong when you think all women weak. Now, I've always known there was other kind of woman. I've known one all my life, known and loved her, and stood aside. And now I know, too. Give them a chance, that's all. I'll try a little bit, though I wouldn't put any money on the result. You see, I've got too many black marks against me, filed away up there. Listen, can't you hear a sound up there? Something like tearing up paper? No. I can. It's that recording angel. He's ripping out page after page of your account. Manipulating the books, is he? The old rascal. Wait till Judgment Day, and I'll bowl him out. Well? He puts out his hand. She takes it. Thanks. Now I'm going to get you some supper. I'm famished. Emotions do leave you empty, don't they? They go out. Elizabeth Hebblethwaite and J. Charteris Meggs appear. Elizabeth comes in first, walking determinately ahead of Meggs. No, say it here. The idea of proposing on the lawn, in full sight of everybody, where there is no place to sit down. She seats herself. Meg's stiffly, without enthusiasm. Elizabeth, I love you. Oh, is that all? Yes, yes, I think that's all. But it sounds so bare, Charteris. Can't you put some frillies round it? I don't talk shop out of shop hours. This is too important for frillies. I have loved you from the first. 
but you never even spoke to me till till i was promoted to be mr danger's private secretary i worshipped at a distance elizabeth tell me charteris what do you love me for your soul i really can't exactly tell there's something about you i think it is just you but you're not answering me can you will you how on earth can i tell till you've kissed me here no on the customary place Meg's seating himself beside her and perfunctorily kissing her well i'm not quite sure you might try again Megs does so yes it's quite astonishing how a kiss clears the head no you needn't stop he kisses her yes that settles it i love you darling then you'll marry me as quick as i can i'm fair tired of the shop Megs, taken aback springing to his feet tired of the shop you're not thinking of giving up your job oh aren't i there's not a girl in the shop that wouldn't chuck it to marry a chinaman why the only promotion we look to is a husband private secretary when i can have a house of my own but my darling you know i haven't much of a screw one hundred and eighty i looked it up long ago that isn't enough to set up housekeeping on is it i thought that with your screw added to mine we'd be able to have quite a swell little place me go on typing other people's letters when i can have a house and a husband of my own no of course but me go on typing for old danger when i could be cooking for you but with your business prospects i've got something better than business prospects she embraces him i've got you and bless your silly sentimental heart darling i don't care how small your screw is as long as i've got you and you have got me she turns to go out this comes of marrying for money and i might have had that bargain tossy they go out baby dengar appears she meets lindsay thong entering from the garden lindsay what's the trouble baby i must see mr clibborn you must find him and send him to me here at once right uh, i saw him on the lawn just now and don't tell john i must see mr clibborn alone she throws her wrap on the seat where's john anyway i got rid of him by sending him down to the boathouse some of the girls want to go for a row in the moonlight what do you want to see clibborn for i saw john speaking to him half an hour ago that's why that man won't give way he means to ruin guy and us then why did he come here he came confident that john would accept his terms he came here as a conqueror to accept our surrender then nothing can be done you can't say till i till i've appealed to him no chance Lindsay, don't you understand that I must save my boy, at whatever cost? Baby, I don't like it. I'm afraid. Of what? Of the past. Oh, that? That's dead. Careful, baby. 
No resurrections. But for Guy? Well, I'll send Clebin, but careful. He goes off. Max and Elizabeth Hebblethwaite enter with John Dangar. At the sight of them, Baby Dangar retires quickly. But what is so important that it can't wait till tomorrow, Miss Hebblethwaite? I want to resign, Mr. Dangar. Resign? <laughs> I can't spare you. If it's a question of salary. That's what I've been telling her, sir. I say she's chucking good money away. But I'm going to be married, Mr. Danger. Ha, ah, that's a different matter. I see. Congratulations. I mustn't stand in your way, Miss Hebblethwaite, though it'll be hard to replace you. To you, Mags? She says so. I congratulate you, too, heartily. To Elizabeth. But what am I to do for another secretary as capable? That's just what I've been telling her, sir. And if you were to raise her screw, she might. To Elizabeth. We needn't be in too much of a hurry, darling. Impossible. I must give my whole time now to my trousseau. Ha-ha, <laughs> well, we'll meet your wishes, Miss Hebblethwaite. Mags, I congratulate you for getting an excellent businesswoman. I know that, sir. But I'm keeping you from each other. You must have so much to say to each other, eh? Oh, we've said it. Megs and Elizabeth Hebblethwaite go out. John turning, and for the first time noticing Baby. Uh, baby? What are you hiding here for? Did you see about those girls on the boat? Oh, they're all right. Got heaps of young men to look after them. I've left my wrap somewhere. I can't go out without it. I left it on one of the seats on the lawn, near the terrace. Won't you please fetch it? But I saw it on you five minutes ago, dear. I'm sure I left it on the lawn, the far end of the lawn. Why, here it is on this seat. So it is. Curious, I was sure I'd left it out there. Ah! Anthony Clibborn enters. You sent for me, Mrs. Dangar. No. But Mr. Thong brought your message. Your urgent message. Uh, some mistake. I'm sorry to have inconvenienced you, Mr. Clebin. But he insisted on my handing over my partner to him. He told me I should find you waiting here. Oh, yes, I quite forgot. I did want to introduce you to a dear friend of mine, Mrs. Watson. I've been telling her about Mrs. Clebin, and she's anxious to meet her. Very kind of you, Mrs. Dangar. But where is she? Why, she's not here. She must have slipped out. She was here a moment ago. But I've been here quite a time, and she wasn't here when I came. It's very curious. With a keen look at Baby. You wanted to see Cliburn. You sent for him. What for, Baby? I did send for Mr. Cliburn. But now it doesn't matter. Because I'm here? Yes. Ah. You tried to get me out of the way with that... that fiction about your rap. Yes. And that message you sent me to the boatshed. What have you to do with this man? In secret! I just wanted a chat. Baby, you're not telling me quite the truth. Oh, you stupid old dear. Flaring up in this absurd way. I did have something to tell Mr. Clibbin. Well, tell it. I can't. While you're here. Now I'm here, you must. 
I can assure you, Mr. Dangar, I have no idea of any communication Mrs. Dangar could have for me. Nor do I care to hear any. If you'll allow me, I'll go. No, stay here. Baby, tell Mr. Clibram what you sent for him for. I insist that you tell him now, in my presence. John, I can't. Because I'm here. Because you're here. There's something between you. Some infernal secret that I've always suspected. By God, baby, I'll find out. I've had enough of it. What is Clibborn to you, or you to him? You must trust me. It is for Guy. I ask you to leave me and let me speak to Mr. Clibborn. If it's for Guy, I'm his father. I insist on being present. I must speak, or Guy is ruined. And if you compel me to speak before you, you'll regret it all your life. Everything open and above board. No more women's tricks. Then I'll speak. Mr. Clibborn, you are here tonight as our guest. I appeal to you to do your hostess a service. I am sure, now that you've seen how much it would mean to me, to us, for any scandal to touch Guy, that you will not insist. We've always been friends. We were friends even before I met my husband. Surely for the sake of that old friendship you will relent. Surely, remembering those old days in Redfern, you came here tonight to say you will keep silent. Mr. Guy has confessed his fault. I shall do my duty. No, you are not unreasonable. You will give way, if we meet you fairly. Mr. Dangar knows my terms. Mr. Dangar will accept your terms. Never. Then there is nothing more to be said. Tony! Tony? Where did you learn to call this man Tony? What the infernal secret is between you? I will know. Lindsay Thong enters. Lindsay, take me into the garden. Take me away. No, Lindsay. This is my wife. Oh, well. Turns to go. No, stay. What my wife has to say to this man, you, our friend, must hear. Yes, Lindsay, stay. I want you to stay. I shall need you afterwards. At your service, baby. Now speak. You forced me to speak before you. Oh, but Lindsay will understand. John, dear, I love you. Always remember that I love you. I have always loved you. Except for two months' madness. Yes, John, I've been unfaithful to you. I've been weak and foolish and false. But that was all long, long ago. And I've repented through twenty years, twenty long years, every day and night of twenty thousand years. I've lived it down. And ever since I've loved you, only you. What? You... You don't know what you're saying, baby. You can't mean... Oh, God. Quick, out with it! I was unfaithful to you, John. Twenty years ago. No, you can't mean... You? My wife? Unfaithful? With whom? With whom? With that man, Tony Clibborn. No, no. She's mad. Raving. She's not responsible for what she's saying, John. 
can't you see that she's so wrought up of a guy that she's hysterical? She'll say anything, anything to save him. Guy? Guy? He clutches her and looks into her face. You are not his father. I was right then. Not mine? Not my boy? But I've only got your word. A woman's word. Look at Guy. Look at his eyes. John, clutching Clibborn by the shoulder, about to strike him. Clibborn looks him in the face. His eyes. Guy's eyes. He drops his hand and turns heavily away. <sighs> I... I swear I did not know. She lied to me. Lies, lies, always lies. All her life a lie. But you... Coming to Clibborn. I can pay you out. Steady, old man. That can't do any good. Nothing can do any good now. He turns away. Clibborn triumphant. Guy. My son. My son. John, that was all over twenty years ago. It was a year or so after our marriage. The time when I hardly ever saw you. When you were so wrapped up in your big ambitions. The ambitions I so wanted to share. And Tony had wanted me before you came into my life. And it was you who sent him back into my life. And I was young and silly, and persuaded myself that I was a neglected wife. And Tony was always there, in my house, taking your place at your own wish. And so, so it happened. But I woke when it was too late. I sent him out of my life, never to enter it again. He is nothing to me. He has been nothing to me all these years. And I kept my secret, even from him. I could not let my child go, just as I could not let your love go. And ever since, I've been paying for that short madness. John, I've paid and paid and paid, and now, why, I can almost laugh. There is only this hour more to pay. Pah! Guy! My boy! John, I had to tell. I asked you to go away. You would not. And then, then there would have been no other chance, and Guy would have been ruined. I had to save him. To save your brat, to ruin him. No, no, to save him. To Clibborn. Tony, you cannot denounce Guy now. Your son. Mine. No, no, everything has changed. I'll take him away, up country. He loves the country. A son. Guy. Guy Cleborn. Where is he? I saw him just now in his room. My child. I must see him. We'll go away, out of all this, into a new life. You'll let me see him sometimes? Yes, yes. Baby to Thong. Guy! My baby! Guy! Clibborn looks at the two backs turned to him and goes out. You see, John, Baby was right. She has saved him. Lost him. Lost him forever. 
he turns on baby damn you and your lies no the truth at last the clean straight truth your lies were kinder what have i left now guy and you both dead no that is done with the hideous past is dead but you've got the present the future ashes dead sea ashes i'll go john i had to speak i'm glad inexpressibly glad that i had the courage to speak goodbye looks appealingly at him he makes no move out of my life you you baby denga goes slowly out with a long look at him the music of a waltz is heard again all through the following scene rising at the last to a triumphant climax poor chap it's a knockout i know but she must listen to me all that happened years ago all that has been lived down through twenty years of agony how do i know how do i know she's not lying yet in love with him still if she could live that lie to me for twenty years why mayn't she be lying to me now she has murdered something in me my trust in her i can never trust her again you talk like a melodrama life isn't a melodrama she loves you ask yourself man all lies now why does she keep silence so long to retain your love how do i know everything is gone with a sudden hope lindsay after all her confession was only another lie a desperate lie to save our to save the boy it was the truth but we've only got her word to go on john old chap i know you knew from the first she told me you knew all along that guy no she never told me that but i suspected but you knew all about her and that man yes i see now that i must have suspected all along but the thing was inconceivable yet guy was so different to me so unbusinesslike and his eyes baby told me with tears and abasement after she had sent clibben away forever that brief madness for which you were to blame had burnt itself out and she meant to confess it all to you ha. i wouldn't let her i persuaded her out of it and i acted rightly there isn't one of us man or woman who hasn't some ugly little incident that is happily buried and won't bear exhuming if she kept silent she was safe she could retain your love the only thing she cared for then but could she have kept silence when she saw her boy being ruined before our eyes babies and that sort thank god think when you shrank from a trivial business sacrifice to save guy she risked all her happiness i believe every mother in the world would have done the same john old chap can't you see the greatness of a sacrifice uh, impulse a mere unreasonable impulse what would you give to be capable of such an impulse these women we laugh at them we pet them we play with them we carefully or contemptuously screen them from all the big things of life and yet 
they're bigger than us they're greater than us what's the good of talk the thing's done the era is done finished with buried but there is the future well i've just got to go through with it john what can you expect me to do forgive her take her back forgive her that no go down on your knees and thank her for what for her sacrifice pah a mere animal instinct for her cub it seems to me that there isn't anything higher in the world than that without that instinct where would this old rot of a world have been by now why a mother started sacrificing herself for you as soon as you were born if she had left you to yourself if she hadn't had that mere animal instinct for her cub merely being born of a woman isn't the great thing it's her long sacrifice for us that makes our debt so huge why if the bringing up of children had been left to men we'd drown em as a nuisance but a mother even after she's had a dozen of em does she ever think of drowning the thirteenth no they can't help it they've got the itch to sacrifice that's what they came into this world for but to ruin my life no to make your life you've been so wrapped up in your business that you never lived you looked on your wife as a pleasant slave provided by providence to look after your home and put in your shirt studs and all the while she had her own life to live you stayed outside and slammed the door can you blame her young inexperienced weak if when she found that one door locked against her she tried the latch of another what is before us both now but hate and loneliness the future is before you the new life the true comradeship you've never understood each other never made allowances for each other you must forgive her for she has loved much you must go humbly to her and seeing her weakness be grateful for a strength in her that is greater than yours you must make the best of her and the best of a woman is finer than the best of a man talk talk if i could forgive her how could i forget the past dead twenty years dead no this is its resurrection yes a resurrection that dead fault that dead secret lying all these years in its grave pressed down with terrified hands that dead thing has come to life gloriously raised by supreme sacrifice think of the sheer bravery of that moment you brave man without that dead sing you would never have known the fine fibre of baby's soul and this is the woman you could let slip from your life this is the woman you think you can let go can you dare you john danger business man wait wait everything's gone love wife child your boy's gone he was never yours you never liked him you were never friends well he's gone out of the life he was never in but your wife she's still within your reach and you want to send her forever beyond your reach lonely old boy you'll be lonely you won't like it you can't stand it business won't make up for that loss suppose she has deceived you 
are there any men whom women haven't deceived i've had my share of their tricks bless them it's their game they are brought up on it we expect it of them we wouldn't like if by some miracle a woman did tell us the truth about ourselves i heard it once and it wasn't nice i heard it only to-night and after all what do women's lies matter we allow for them it's only a game of theirs they play it as a game you know it takes a man to be a real professional liar and even a real liar has to pass all sorts of difficult examinations before he's allowed to practice why women's deceit is half their charm for us they keep us delightfully guessing and once we've guessed that big conundrum woman life holds nothing more for us but a good dinner granted john that this deceit was a big one the biggest card a woman can play granted that she's betrayed you broken you well cut that out aren't there enough of her good qualities left to enable you to carry on she's not an angel she's better she's a woman and you're not exactly an angel yourself suppose she's not your ideal now suppose she's only the second best you thought you had got the best not all of us deserve the best but we men get a damn sight more than we do deserve when we get a good woman like baby and isn't the second best better than none at all she's your wife she loves you she proved that just now you love her oh yes you do or you would have forgiven her half an hour ago you've grown accustomed to her you'll miss her oh lord how you'll miss her you'll miss her about the house you'll have to engage a housekeeper you know you can't manage servants all you can manage is a shop well she's your housekeeper she knows your ways she makes things run easily for you i know what it takes to run a house smoothly i'm a bachelor john i'm simply appealing to your business interests stick to your housekeeper changes are bad for business wait wait it's too soon wait wait isn't she waiting out there somewhere isn't every minute now to her an eternity you simply can't afford to wait if you wait an hour you'll have to wait a lifetime you're not a young man you haven't a long time to make it up in begin now this isn't a lover's quarrel you've grown into a friendship more compact than love well you'll send her away and for the rest of your lives you two who need each other now that you've only got each other will be dead to each other dead in the same small world you won't like it you can't even button a stud without her fingers but you'll be too proud and you'll go on breaking your fingernails over your studs and wasting time and bad language you will make the experiment of living without women an experiment that has so far never succeeded look at me women may be weaklings and wasters but we can't do without at least one of them it's no use lindsay i can't think yet wait and she man do you think she would come back to you if you waited half an hour more she's growing away from you every moment you waste listening to me it's easy enough for you to talk i'm on the rack and do you expect me to behave like a reasonable man oh you can talk and what you say is right but you're outside of it all it doesn't hurt you. It's easy for you. Easy? Good God, John, can't you guess how hard it is for me? Haven't you ever guessed? 
You? You've loved her? Loved her? Man, I love her. I've loved her ever since I saw her at your wedding. I love her better than you ever did. You told her? Told her? No, you thundering fool. Didn't I say I love her? She doesn't know? Thank all the gods she doesn't know. I've been happy enough. It's something worthwhile just to love a woman like that. I'm not much. That old clerk of a recording angel works overtime solely on my account. But all the good there is in me is due to Bagby. And you think I don't see her faults? And do her faults make any difference? And, John, if you send her out of your life, I... No, I don't think I could tell her, even then. Lindsay, I love her. Can't you see that it is because I love her that I can't forgive her? Is it because you love her that you stand here listening to a windbag and letting her cry her dear eyes out? She has sacrificed all. Can't you sacrifice that trivial thing, your pride? Haven't I sacrificed? For twenty years. <laughs> Lindsay, you're right. You've taught me. I did not know that love could be like that. John, go to her. Say nothing. Hold out your arms. You think there's time yet to get her back? I know her better than you. There's time. In the garden? Yes. Don't speak. Take her in your arms and let her have a good, comfortable cry. If only I'm in time. John Danger goes out quickly. The music of the vaults swells triumphantly. Throng watching him off, then turning with a gesture of renunciation and looking up and raising his arm triumphantly. Wake up, you old rot of a recording angel up there. Wake up and put down one little white mark on those big blank pages devoted to the credit balance of Lindsay Thong. Bad egg. Curtain. End of Act Three. End of The Wasters by Arthur Adams.